This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. So you guys aware of the fact that the Illuminati, and I, I'm calling it Illuminati because they've been bad. I got that. Yeah. <laughs> they, oh my um, goodness. They make clones using discarded foreskins. <laughs> I didn't know Did that. Did you know that? I was actually I was actually vaguely aware of that. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that what happened to Dan Aykroyd's face? <laughs> Kiss uh, I guess you do roast rough. the ones you love, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Welcome to the last podcast. On the left, I am Ben Kissel, Marcus Parks. Hey, Ben. Hello. And Henry Zabrowski, wearing fully clothed in Los Angeles. I got clothes today. There was a bit of a nip in the air, so I decided uh, not to share the world to my nips. It is a fall day. We are talking. I know. Well, I, actually, it's 72 degrees set in my apartment. I've made it cold in here. It's 95 degrees outside. Oh, wow. Look at that. It's 61 <laughs> here in New York. That's the weather update for the last podcast on the left. Uh, we'll go to our helicopter eye in the sky coming up here later on in the show it's all on fire (laughs) speaking of everything on fire robert picked in part three it's all about to fall apart my god this is about to get intense in 1995, Willie had a victim of his found for the very first time. Mm. She was never identified, but by the time this Jane Doe was found, it's probable that Willie had killed up to 20 women. Mm. I know that it's based off of a John Doe, but just for once, if you had an unidentified victim, can't you call it like a Veronica Doe? <laughs> yeah. An Anastasia Doe? Ooh, that would be nice. Heather Doe, <laughs> the prettiest gal to ever come from Wisconsin. She looks like her name. And she's promptly was murdered. Oh, oh it's poor Heather Doe. So on February 23rd, 1999, a roadside birdhouse and whirly gig salesman named Bill Wilson walked down to a Canadian swamp to fetch a bucket of water to wash off his car. You what just fuck. Henry, <laughs> this guy, you can just see the sweat on his brow, just like no one's buying whirly gigs anymore. <laughs> what the hell am I supposed to do? AC's broken in the car. I got the whirly gigs going trying to kick up a breeze. But what can you say? I got all this pig shit everywhere. And it wasn't even from this pig farm, it was from my home. So I better just pull over to the side of the fucking road for some reason and go to a random creek. <laughs> Wash off in the swamp. But instead of just plain old swamp water, Bill found half a human skull sitting on a bed of rocks. Mm. 
Now, while most of us would immediately find a police officer, Bill Watson took the Canadian path instead and said he'd get around to it after he'd gone to his doctor's appointment and did his afternoon shopping. <laughs> okay. But by the time he'd done all that, it was time for bingo night. And anyway, he didn't oh, have a Oh, yeah, you can't miss bingo night. They gotta have you there. Because what are they gonna do without bingo night without the whirly gigs? Exactly. Whirly gigs guy gotta show up. And anyway, he didn't have a phone at home, so he figured he'd sleep off all that shopping and bingo and go to the police station in the morning. I know we're making fun of him, but I kind of like it. Yes. <laughs> like, I sort of like this guy. Now, it took him until 5 o'clock p.m. the next day to amble his way over to a police station to report that he'd seen half a human fucking skull in a slough. You know, sure, the guy had a criminal record and didn't want to get involved, but still, it's half a skull. Mm. Phone in an anonymous tip from the fucking bingo hall. Yeah, it, it did make sense to me. I, it, obviously, he had a criminal record, which is why he didn't want to immediately call the police. But the problem is, you still call the police. <laughs> so, yeah. just don't call the police. It's like one or the other. Either just don't get involved at all, or just do it immediately so you don't look incredibly guilty for just carrying around a skull, or been like, I've been knowing about a skull for the last 36 hours. Right, right. So he didn't pick up the skull, though. He just left it there. He just left it there. Yeah, he said at first, boy, you know, it looked like a brown bowl. Makes sense, yeah. yeah. But when he got closer, it was half a human skull. Hmm. So when cops finally got around to the skull, they found that it had been deliberately sliced in half from the back of the head to the front with a powerful saw. Hmm. They figured it had been done by someone familiar with bone slicing, but wasn't done by a medical professional as the cut lines were uneven. Oh. Hey, Bob, Bob, tell me, do you know where... Have you ever seen where the bone slicer was maybe yesterday afternoon? <laughs> I don't know. Actually, let me call him. Let me... Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep. <laughs> Hello. This is the bone slicer. <laughs> hey, tell me there, bone slicer. Good to see you. How, how you been? How's the family? The family is well. Thank you for asking. My daughter died of an illness. Oh, oh very good. Very good. Were you slicing any bones yesterday afternoon? <laughs> no, no. That was four days ago. Oh, oh you're in the clear then. You're in the clear. Oh, thank God. Missed that paperwork. Well, furthermore, they knew the skull had been in the swamp for no more than a couple of weeks as there was still some flesh attached, including Ooh. the nose. Oh. And none of it had been eaten by animals yet. But they also knew that the woman whose skull this had belonged to had been dead for somewhere between 12 and 24 months. Oh, my goodness. See, the bone was covered in a substance called adipocere. What is that? Grave wax. What's that? Grave wax builds on bone when the body fat decomposes and mixes with water. Oh. I'm going to have so much grave wax on my body, I can't wait. Honestly, it sounds like a thing I had at home in Fitch in Atlanta. Like it's, <laughs> we scrape the bones after we've buried them, and it's $14.99. Oh, wow. That's a deal at any price. Now, they knew the skull hadn't been in the swamp long enough for all this grave wax to form in that location. So where could the skull have been? Hmm. Well, it's a pretty good bet that before it was thrown in the swamp, this skull had spent some time in Willie Picton's freezers. We can infer this through two pieces of evidence found on Willie's farm. First, when Willie's farm was finally searched, they found a rib bone that matched the DNA of the skull. So we know this Mm. woman, whoever she was, had been killed on the Picton property. When you say rib bones... I still get hungry. <laughs> I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, That's baby back. That's all I can think about. Ribs. That's, uh, you know, Michael Myers, the comedian, really ruined that. Mike Myers. He did. Oh, that yeah. was Fat Bastard. That <laughs> is did. Austin Powers. <laughs> Second, 
When the freezers in Willie's workshop were searched, they found a further two human heads inside, Jeez. cut in half exactly the way that Jane Doe's had been cut. All right, what do you, you're opening up a refrigerator. You got Dahmer or Picton. Which one do you want to open up? What? Which one is more horrifying? <laughs> well, knowing what uh, was found in both, yeah. Uh, here's the difference: is that Dahmer had f- meat ready to go. Dahmer's was in a fridge. Yes. Dahmer's was just in a house, like in a house, like in, yeah, in, in an, an apartment. apartment. Picton's yeah. was in a huge chest freezer. Okay, so. So you got to wait for it to defrost. So there's more suspense there. So, oh, okay. So, Picton, <laughs> so you don't want to open Picton? Yes. Okay. With Picton, as far as I'm concerned, I assume there to be several, several human limbs in one of those big chest freezers. Right. So I think that Dahmer would be more surprising, mm-hmm. and also kind of the macabre things that Dahmer did with him, like painting the cocks white mm-hmm. and like doing all that, and just the cocks. Because to me, that's what's really is it's the specificity. You seem to Dahmer be hung up on the cocks. I'm just saying the cocks. It's the it's the it's all of them. It's all Detective the separate cocks. Sergeant Zabrowski, you're you're hung up on the cocks, uh, Mr. Zabrowski. Did you find anything else other than the cocks at the at the Dahmer house? I opened up the fridge and I saw the bowl of cocks. And the first thing I thought was I saw the little mouths of them go. Why didn't you save me? Why didn't you save me? Because cocks are born with mouths. <laughs> We've lost them. <laughs> well, those heads were found on the Picton farm in 2002. Oh, wow. The Jane Doe was killed somewhere between 1993 and 1994. <sighs> that means that by the time Willie was finally caught, he'd settled into a nice, comfortable routine that had already been established at least nine years previous. And wow. as we know about killers that have their own homes and their own spaces, is that they really do spread out and they get really, really comfortable. And there's a way there's a way of doing it every single time. I I, I would now at this point compare him like an Ed Gein, where his whole house kind of became a playland for him. And in Picton's own like weird separate area on the farm, he mm-hmm. could do whatever he wanted. And essentially, they like the, no one was looking at him because he was the weird brother that was different than his cool Dave-looking brother, Games of Throne Dave, that was right. on the other yeah, side. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Business. Where is everyone? No one's looking in these freezers, huh? Willie's, uh, his property was way in the back. And there was okay. another guy who was around those freezers. Remember Pat Casanova? Of course, Casanova. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Pat Casanova was out and about. He was around at the time. Okay. Uh, and Pat Casanova is going to come back into the story when we talk about the trial. Okay. Okay. And, uh, and in Canadian, Casanova is anybody with a P over five inches long. Wow. <laughs> no, we don't know exactly how this skull ended up outside of Picton's property or why it was the only piece of evidence recovered outside of Willie's farm. One of the things we do know is that Willie never disposed of the skulls, hands, or feet with the rest of the body parts at the rendering plant, mm-hmm. as all those things are distinctly human mm. and would be recognized should a worker take a peek inside the barrel. Mm. And that's not, and they won't call the police. They just won't render the meat. <laughs> right. You know what right. I mean? Take it somewhere else, Willie. Take it somewhere else, you funny. This is funny, though. <laughs> yeah. We're all laughing because we work at the rendering plant and everything about our whole lives is upside down <laughs> and bad. But thank you for coming. Thank you for your business. <laughs> don't, don't stop coming. <laughs> Distinctly human, like loving Frasier. (laughs) That is a distinctly human thing. Yes. No, the only scenario I can see is Willie was on his way to the plant to dispose of his latest victim's body. He Mm. somehow realized he'd left an obvious human body part in one of the barrels. He picked it up, 
threw it out the window rather than risk traveling around with it. So this is sort of this is a this is a blooper reel for a serial killer. <laughs> it is. This is a blooper. Okay. So by early 1997, Willie's numbers were approaching 30. Mm. That's when he picked up Sandra Gale Ringwald, one of the few mm. women that we know of that survived a violent encounter with Willie Pickton. Mm. Now, a lot of the women on the downtown east side were understandably a little apprehensive of going all the way out to Coquitlam from Vancouver, especially with a rat-faced pig shit-smelling weirdo like Willie Picton. You know what's interesting is that I was trying to, like, scan my mind to try to figure out, like, exactly what Picton smelled like, and I crossed the, over here in my neighborhood, mm. they have dog shit uh, garbage cans mm. that are only for dog shit. Really? And they just sit in the California sun all day <laughs> becoming wow. something else. And as you go past it, it's just like, oh, that's Picton's feet. Ooh, <laughs> that is brutal stuff. And, and I hope no one rummages through those garbage cans. Why would you? I don't know. I saw a bunch of people rummaging the other day. <laughs> that, I'm just saying that's not the that's not the garbage can to rummage through. It's only dog shit. It's yeah. got a, bi it's got a big it it's got a big like poop thing on it. Yeah. The only guy's going through that is the the weirdest, saddest veterinarian scatologist. <laughs> like the guy who's out there who's just either oh trying to my. tell futures from dog shits or is eating them. Well, I feel bad for the city worker that's got to clean up all the garbage cans that's full of dog dung. Oh, uh, I saw a that's story. A tough one. I saw a story this morning from the UK. They have those in the UK too. I, I saw never heard of this. Yeah, I saw a story of a, an old man that said he'd been putting his letters in one of those for months. <laughs> <laughs> well, why are they getting to Marjorie? Hey, Marjorie, did you get my letters? Marjorie never writes. Oh, no. <laughs> well, back to the apprehension that women felt about going out to Willie's farm. Willie got around that by offering a rate for their services mm. higher than market value, oh. about 100 bucks. Plus, he'd give them free drugs as a bonus. Now, mm. remember, Willie was a millionaire, and he lived yes. in a goddamn trailer, so he had money to spend. Hmm. Now, for a lot of these women... Even a hundred bucks wasn't enough to put themselves in the kind of danger one could get into going with a guy like Willie all the way outside of town. But Sandra Ringwald needed money and needed it fast. So she got in the truck and took a 30-minute trip out to the farm. When they walked into Willie's trailer, Sandra made note of the large knife sitting on the kitchen table. Mm. Two of them went into Willie's room and had what Sandra called regular sex on Willie's sleeping bag. Just cut to him wearing a full clown outfit with, <laughs> with a squeaky nose. Yeah, see if you could fit the tip of my own cock inside of my asshole. Come on Just now. Come on. I paid you a hundred bucks. Pull on the top of it. Oh, I shot. Came already. Ah, God damn it. Regular sex. It said it was about five minutes. Okay. Uh, and he handed her five twenties. They got dressed and she figured that was the end of it. Mm. Then Sandra asked to use Willie's phone book so she could call up her pimp to tell him she was on her way back to Vancouver with the money she owed him. Okay. She needed to do the phone book? First of all, wait a second. So in Canada, pimps have their n numbers <laughs> in a phone book. No. Under P for pimp, yes. No. <laughs> no, she knew the, si the SRO, the single uh, room occupancy hotel that he lived at. So, uh, but she didn't know the name of the hotel, so she had to look it up in the phone book. Okay. How do you do that, though? Why is she? Why would you just randomly get into a fucking van? Without, I mean, I understand she's things are obviously she's in a she's in a are, tough yeah. place. She's, she's in a tough place. She's in a time crunch. She needs the money fast. Yeah, she she's in a tough place. But she you know was it? She wanted to call up her guy and say like, hey, I'm on my way back to Vancouver. Okay, I got your money. I'll be there in thirty minutes. All right. Now, as she was flipping through the pages, she felt Willie walk up behind her. 
and when she turned around, Willie grabbed her left hand and snapped on a handcuff. Mm. But before he could cuff the other wrist, Sandra fought back. She remembered the knife she'd seen earlier, and while she fought off Willie with one hand, kicking away, she reached for the knife with the other. Finally, she got a hold of it and slashed away at Willie, catching his jugular. Oh, nice. Fuck. The next slash went through Willie's cheek into his mouth, cutting out some of his teeth and cutting off a piece of his jawbone in the process. Oh, no. Not my beautiful face. (laughs) Not my beautiful face. Last podcast on the left is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Thanks, Squarespace. With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your own terms. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. This ain't your mama's website platform. It is, actually. It's actually be very easy for your mother to learn. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine. It's a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I thought it was just the name of what my blood pressure medication turned me into. I'm, I'm peeing. Now, my goals for the year are I have two warehouses Filled with horse picks. Now, I know a lot of people, uh, obviously this bit has been done, but the Zendaya centaur picks are not going anywhere. And I've been trying to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale line out. Uh, I need these moved, okay, because I have to move into the storage unit. Let's just say there are problems at home. So I need Squarespace to shoot this through the roof for me this year. And that's why I'm going to go full tilt and not only are you going to get the judge reinhold sitting on the clydesdale entire series clothes and non-clothes what we also are going to offer and i mean this we're trying to get into giraffe rides i brought this up the other day we got to start riding other animals but horses take pictures of the horses photoshop the horses into other celebrities but stop riding them save a horse ride a giraffe with Squarespace. Go head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says right here, what would you do if another extra hour of your day? I mean, well, obviously I'd get some nunchuck training in. Oh, I'd make love to my wife. That takes about nine. That's a full nine minutes of that hour. And then I would probably uh, go to get a donut. And then I'd probably yell at my parents. But a lot of us wish we had more time. The question is time for what? I don't know. What works for you? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. And therapy can help you find out what matters to you so you can do more of it. You know that question? They're like, if you had a billion dollars, what would you do? You know, and like, you know, when I answer, it's of course, I would grind the government to a standstill with my giant machine of my making in secret for many years. But a lot of people get mad at that. And it's really hard to do that in a job interview or like when you're meeting somebody's like your significant other's parents for the first time. So, and we might actually want to think of starting therapy. So give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash last pod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-A-S-T-P-O-D.
One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. And if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Now, I love Babbel, and I love what they're doing for the people of America. But I went on there to find out if I could learn Fremen in order for me to go and harness the desert power that it would take to finally get the raids of the sand planet Arrakis. Uh, but they said they only offer real languages and uh, stuff that can really help people travel. I think that's mostly what Babbel's looking to do. They didn't really, like, I called customer service and I asked me, like, well, how can I possibly harness the power of a million Fremen? And they said, please, sir, stop calling. And I said, but I, I'm doing an ad for you currently while we're on the phone. And Babbel, you know what? God love them. They helped me learn German. And in the end, they, they were right. Because German's a lot more useful. Here's a special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. <laughs> All right. But that didn't stop Willie. Wow. He kept advancing on her, and Sandra realized the only way out of the trailer was through him. And she doesn't know how she got outside. She said she totally blacked out. Hmm. But the next thing she knew, she and Willie were outside fighting next to his truck. Willie managed to wrestle the knife away, and he stabbed her twice in the abdomen. Mm. But, Fuck. but Willie was getting weak from blood loss and was losing consciousness. So Sandra was able to grab the knife, break free, and run towards the main road with her intestines half hanging out of her Jeez. body. Whoa. This is like the shittiest version of the end fight of Wolverine, the new Logan movie. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking kind of Matthew Lillard's character as well from Scream. Fucking died here, man. Died here, No, once she got to the road, she saw two houses across the street with her porch lights on, but neither answered the door when she was banging on them, screaming someone was trying to kill her. Hmm. Finally, a couple in a car showed up, and Sandra flagged them down, covered in blood. And as they were driving away, Sandra pointed towards Willie's farm and said, if I die, that's where the guy who did this to me lives. Oh, no way, no way someone did that to you there. I get my (laughs) ham there. (laughs) Free ham. You go over there, you just got to move a couple of barrels for him. You get all the handfuls of ham that you get. He does give it to you with his hands. So mm. it's free ham. That is, this is very similar to the ending of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's exactly what I was thinking. Wow. Now, when they got to the hospital, the driver told the police what the woman had said. So they went to Willie's trailer and found him lying there in a pool of his own blood. So they took him to the hospital as well. Now, you'd think this would be one of those classic movie moments where the woman wounds the villain, gets away, gets picked up by a passerby, and the killing spree is over. Yeah. But as we know... It did not work out that way at all. Hmm. Willie's story was that he had cash out on the table when they got to his trailer. So she saw the cash. She grabbed a knife and tried to rob him. He fought back in self-defense and she was stabbed in the process. Now, the police, they actually tried here. 
At the very beginning, at hmm. least. And they charged him with attempted murder. But when the time came for Sandra to testify in court, she didn't show up because she was absolutely terrified of what Willie and Dave might do to her if things didn't go her way. Oh, my. It's kind of insane, right? Because they are big businessmen in the area. It's both like they're heavily connected with the mob and the and the bikers. Well, not the not not the, the mob. The, the Hell's, Hell's Angels. Angels. The Hell's Angels. There's, there's, no, Vancouver there's no Hell's the Angels. Vancouver mob. Oh yeah, what's all that oh, about? Oh yeah, just beaver pelts <laughs> on their head and just like you know just do waterboarding guys with syrup and all that bullshit. Um, it's fun. They keep it stereotypical. Yes, but they were intimidating. And they Dave were, scared her enough. And well, I, I wouldn't. I, I mean, there's no way the sex worker wants to go and testify. In no, court. that's not where they want to be. No, absolutely not. And Dave had hired a private investigator to follow her. I mean, she knew that these. She knew the reputation of these guys, mm-hmm. uh, and she knew that they had money, and she knew that they were powerful. And in mm. fact, like Willie had hired one of the most expensive regular lawyers oh, okay. in all of Vancouver, so she knew that there was a very distinct possibility that this guy was going to be able to argue self-defense with Willie. And Mm. there was a big possibility that he was going to get off and then she would be fucked. Mm. Also possibly that she knew that Robert Picton was intimately involved with the uh, cleaning up of clones for the various (laughs) cloning centers for the Illuminati and was being watched remotely uh, by other clones in uh, Buckingham Palace mm-hmm. with Queen Elizabeth. Uh-huh. Um, this all comes from the revelations of Donald Marshall. Um, it is an, an Illuminati clone, a whistleblower. Uh-huh. And he says that Robert Pickton was murdering sex workers. And that what they would do is that when clones go to sleep, you can transfer the consciousness of one clone to another full-bodied clone and then watch it. And that Queen Elizabeth and all of them would sit and watch Robert Picton murdering sex workers and just laugh all It's night. just that simple, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Open your eyes. That's it. That's it. And Donald Marshall would go on to write uh, the song Lady from Kenny Rogers because what happened is, is that Donald Marshall, when he showed up, when they were, so he was picked up. Now, who is Donald Marshall? Donald Marshall is the intern, uh, the Illuminati clone whistleblower that revealed all this <laughs> pull back the curtain and all this. And Does he have a website that you've been on by any chance? DonaldMarshall.com, I'm pretty certain is what it's called. I think I have it here. DonaldMarshallRevolution.com. Oh, okay, and, okay, good. And what he says is that when he showed up to be what is called a diddle kid, uh. he was five years old, he was made as a clone to be shared by all the various members of the Illuminati in Buckingham Palace. So this man has some deep trauma in his no, past that he should probably no. go to a therapist he avoided and cash out. He avoided it because apparently he said when he, when he went to go suck his first dick he started crying and the guys said all the Illuminati were like this is not sexy like this Illuminati like what can you do before we kill you what can you do and he began to sing a song and the first Uh. song he sang was the song Lady by (laughs) Kenny Rogers that they stole from him and then using a Kenny Rogers clone made it a number one (laughs) billboard hit for six weeks in 1980 Uh. and then they went he then wrote several more songs for Madonna he wrote he became known as the amazing Song boy, <laughs> this is true. I don't within know. the Illuminati, uh-huh. and and that he and uh, you know what else he famously penned. The song Chris Benoit by ICP that I also did not know existed, <laughs> that ICP did a full Chris Benoit, uh, like, R.I.P. song. Look, at, oh, I'm not sure if it's applicable to the episode, but I think <laughs> oh, that I is very interesting. <laughs> oh, I've been reading about this for about four or five days. Oh, good. So back to Picton. Since Sandra Ringwald did not show up to the trial, the self-defense story held and all charges against Willie were dropped. Hmm. It would be four more years before the killing stopped. Jeez. 
Now, naturally, word of Willie's encounter with Sandra Ringwald spread around the downtown east side pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But luckily for Willie, he had the services of his friend Gina Houston to make sure the flow of girls never stopped. Mm. Gina was a working girl con artist who had drifted her way into Willie's life around 1993. She wormed her way into his confidence and was soon telling people they were engaged, even though in the same breath would insist that they had never had sex. What a lucky... Well, why would she make up that they were engaged? Why would... What social currency? Pure. You mean to... Oh, my vagina will never be touched outside of the bonds of marriage. But my asshole, you could do whatever as you want to it. Because God don't claim the asshole. What? Yeah, what social currency did this woman gain? And she I have would no even, idea. Like, sometimes refer to herself as Mrs. Picton. Okay, well, good for her. Well, Willie, as far as his relationship with Gina went, he paid her rent and gave her cash, and in exchange, Gina brought him girls from the east side. Mm. Her favorite spot for Willie's dates was the Wish Drop-In Center, located in a church on the corner of Hastings and Gore, the same exact Mm. block where we did our live show back in August. Gina would talk to the girls she already knew and tell them she had a friend with plenty of drugs and money who was looking for a party. Only thing was, you had to go out to his farm in Coquitlam to do it. Now, most would say no as Willie was on the drop-in center's bad date list. Oh. But every once in a while, a woman hard up for cash, drugs, or both would agree to go with Gina. And even though Gina claimed she never knew what was going on. Oh, my. Of course she did. When she testified, the cognitive dissonance of this woman is amazing. Yeah. When she testified at Willie's trial years later, she said that out of the 49 sex workers on the missing women list that were probable victims of Picton, she had known between 20 and 30 of them and she Good gave Lord. those people uh, she gave those women how many do you think she actually gave to robert picton I mean, at least dozens a, at probably. least a dozen oh, uh, at the goodness. very least a dozen if not more we'll look at what happened with uh dean coral and his assistants oh yeah right? there's a part of it where it's like you kind of get pulled into the the morality of it and the, you are a, a, eventually a part of the validation system where you're there and the way you're turning a blind eye is also giving picked and check marks to go ahead too yeah. they're all like in this weird world of like if we just all kind of pretend like it's not happening and do it kind of automatically then it doesn't matter and then you get the perks of being at the piggy palace because part guess. of it's being like a known quantity in this like place of badasses like is kind of fun like you get people are scared of you like that that kind of currency for somebody can actually work out especially if you're someone that has a lot of street smarts and yeah. it's like someone who's out there who's like lived a very tough life having people be scared of you is a very uh enticing thing in 1997 alone willie's most active year 14 women went missing. And despite this, at the beginning of 1998, a spokesperson for the Vancouver Police Department said, and I quote directly, there is no indication of a serial killer preying on women. Oh. He was also wearing two eye patches, though. Yes. And that's the thing. Is that he had Ear two muffs. eye patches on, and he literally had corks in his ears, and his hands had oven mitts on them, so he could, <laughs> so it was all distorted. Yeah, when you said spokesman, I did think like a mascot, like Mr. Met. <laughs> that's what they should get to, for the news conferences. Just a big heroin needle. <laughs> now, that same year, a story was published in the Vancouver Sun about Sarah DeVries. Okay. It's either DeVries or DeVries. She became the de facto face of the missing women in Vancouver. Hmm. And after the story was published, one of the writers got a call from a man named Bill Hiscox. 
<laughs> funny last name there. Is Cox. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. Yes. Thirty-three years old I am. Oh gosh. Mm. His Cox. <laughs> hey, buddy. Hey. What Look is his that. Cox head? Oh my. Oh my. Who's Mrs. Hercox? Is there Wow. Uh, Hiscox said that he had recently worked for a man named Dave Picton, and oh. during the course of his employment had gotten to know Dave's brother, Willie. Hiscox said, He's quite a strange character, eh? Very, very strange. That's the only descriptor? <laughs> That's, a, that's how everybody described Willie. All these dirtbags are like, oh, Willie, he's a weird one. Yeah, but it's like when people said, oh, East Hastings, oh, that's a bit of a bad neighborhood there. They all say the same <laughs> yeah. thing, like, oh, 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 that seems a bit, oh, a bit cookie-doo there, what he's doing to the prostitutes slicing their heads open there. My oh, goodness yeah. gracious. Now, while Bill was on the Picton farm, he'd also had many a conversation with Lisa Yelt, Willie's old hot dog friend that he used to go to magic shows with. Remember her? That's right, yes. Yeah. Yeah. They had more than once talked about the mountains of women's purses, IDs, and clothes gathering in Willie's trailer. All this combined with the attempted murder of Sandra Ringwald made made Hiscox think maybe there was something up here. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. This, This is what he said. He's got a farm out in Port Coquitlam, and, you know, he frequents a downtown area all the time for girls. You know what that guy's doing. It's like... Really weird. <laughs> He's writing a book called If I Did It. I mean, this he is said ev- it. And how- it's like, I was like, I oh, did what? And he's just like, oh, you'll see. And I'm like, okay. You know, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is you're doing, that's weird. You know what also was crazy weird? That 9-11. <laughs> weird. Weird stuff. So where is, what, where year is this? Is, are we in the this 90s 90, here? 1998. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. And the thing was, his cocks went to the Vancouver Sun only... After he'd gone to the Vancouver police. Okay. All they told him was that they couldn't just go in there based on assumptions. Yeah, you can. That, but that's <laughs> you can. What, what else do police you do? Can. But, but to give them at least a tiny bit of credit, they did put Willie under surveillance. So they did something. <laughs> Okay. Just a guy in a fucking moose costume. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just two. I know I could do it. I'm the best undercover cop we have. I can <laughs> run like a moose. I could sniff like a beaver. But <laughs> two officers or one moose. <laughs> I want to be the top of the moose now. I want to be the head of the moose. I'm sick no, of it back no, here. No, no, Sergeant. You're in the bottom of the moose until you pass the lieutenant test. <laughs> But at this point, most people in the VPD still didn't want to admit a serial killer was responsible for the missing women. They did know, though, that in 1995, another serial killer had killed three downtown girls whose bodies were found in the woods. And they had his DNA. They also had Picton's DNA on file from the Ringwald assault, Mm -hmm. so they compared the two. And of course, they didn't match. But since the Vancouver Police Department couldn't imagine there being two separate serial killers operating Ugh. in Vancouver at the same time, they stopped surveillance on Picton after two weeks wow. and turned him loose yet again. It's just the two cops just abandoned the moose costume oh. like mid-shift. <laughs> like, got the text. All right. Uh, investigation's done. Willie, you go back to being normal. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Thank you, guys. You guys are the best. You guys are the best oh, around. Man. You got it, Willie. 
they could have saved how many lives could these officers have saved if they were just just mildly proactive and right. wanting to do their job 15 maybe 19 oh my I, god I, I think about at this point 98 i think he had about 15 more to go jeez it's just crazy to think about i was just listening to no doubt wearing jinko jeans and all of this is ha- that's what the strange thing is when you know 1998 was so recent yeah it was it was very recent but it was also long ago wasn't it ben it was 20 years ago <laughs> it, was, it was oh, yeah. it was 20 years ago yeah, oh, 20 wow. years ago Huh. We are elderly. We are oh, turning into that. Oh, that's what that is. It was oh, 20 I... years ago. Ah. Well, there was one guy who not only thought, but knew almost for certain <clears throat> that there was at least one serial killer in Vancouver all throughout the 90s. Okay. That was our man, Kim Rossmo, the profiler mm. we mentioned in the last episode. Okay. He'd been telling cops, among many other things, to look for a cluster dump site, meaning whoever was killing these women was probably keeping the bodies, or at least parts of them, right. in one place, which he was. Yeah, okay. But not only did they continue to ignore him, they fired his ass in 1999 without using him once in all the years oh he languished God. in their dumb shit backwards police department. Okay. And that police department, by the way, it was headed by a man who liked to say he wouldn't even piss on a sex worker if she was on fire. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's great. It's so great. We Canada is a paradise. That's <laughs> what everybody <laughs> says. Canada's. This is Vancouver. This is very unique. This is, is it, not like this the great a, people of Montreal or Calgary. Or, Vancouver is a unique place for Canada. Well, when they started looking around at all of the different major cities in, uh, in Canada, which there's like five. Yeah. But when they started started looking around at all the other major cities like they were seeing their missing persons department was pretty small and not very busy like maybe one or two here and there mm-hmm. like they'd look at toronto they'd look at calgary and they're like oh yeah we got like two or three missing women we're looking for them but then in vancouver it's like <laughs> it's, oh yeah how many of you guys got it's like all oh, about 49 yeah it's quite high yeah, yeah. it's really it's high a- and what are you doing about it oh you know sometimes you just gotta wait <laughs> you gotta wait it out. Hey, you see this pen I got? Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. You see this pen I got? Sometimes rewards really come to those who wait. Uh-huh. You gotta sit there and you're gonna wait, right? Uh-huh. Look at it. Uh-huh. 49 women are missing. Uh-huh. You know, we're not really doing that much about it, but you can just wait a second for it. Uh-huh. You know, if you want to get yourself some good pizza, you got to go down to Antico's down in the corner. That's uh-huh. where we go when we ignore the 49 missing women uh-huh. and the work we're supposed to be doing. Just wait for a little bit. This is a slow one. Uh-huh. <laughs> it seems like there's a systemic problem, but uh-huh. basically what, what we seem to be, it's mostly because we got to cl- what's happening at these cloning centers is wild. Uh-huh. You don't understand. Madonna showed up, and that's true. They killed Diana with... Do you know Princess Diana? They killed her with the most powerful flash. Oh, there you go. It's tits. Oh, look at that. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Yeah, the Vancouver Missing Persons Department. You know how many people were there? How many? One. Okay. And wow. you know what he got arrested for in 2005? What? Child pornography. Oh, Ugh. not good. Not good. Not good. <laughs> good Lord. That was okay. the guy. That was the guy that they had. Honestly, just remember, they should have seen it coming when you, when you hire a man, Sergeant Christophe. Molest. <laughs> I suppose. have a guy named Molest. Oh, my goodness. In the police department. This is horrible stuff. I mean, even America's Most Wanted was ahead of the Vancouver PD. Of course. America's Most Wanted was pretty good. Yeah, they filmed an yeah. episode in Vancouver in July of 1999 offering a $100,000 reward for information concerning the missing women case. Okay. And by that time, there were plenty of people <clears throat> who could have collected on that reward. One of those people 
was Andy Bellwood. Okay. Andy Bellwood was a petty criminal who had somehow found himself living on the Picton property. And he and Willie became fast friends. Okay. See, Willie, once you got to know him, liked to talk. Because he's Canadian. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because he's Canadian and they love to talk. (laughs) If you were a woman, he liked to tell you about his poor, pitiful childhood and how he was just a plain old simple pig man and so on and so forth. Yes, and my pig sense allows me to tell inherently different types of grain. I can hear when a pig is crying and I know when to dance for it in order to entertain it. Also, I can tell you where a pig is within 20 yards, but also, I will fuck your pussy. (laughs) But if you were a guy, Willie, just like Dave, liked to talk tough. Uh Uh-oh. Now, who knows why Willie chose Andy to share his secrets. But one night in February of 1999, the two were hanging out in Willie's trailer when Willie asked Andy if he wanted to go get some hookers. Hmm. It's just like a hard, it's a hard question. I feel like you and your buddy need to be like really on the same page about sex workers before you just being like, like the three of us just hanging up being like, huh. You guys want to go get some hookers? Like in the middle of it, like just yeah. like hanging out and being like, no, no, this is a family reunion, Henry. No, 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 no. We're yeah. here to be with your family. We're here to like kind of hang out with the cousins. And Well, it's definitely, it, it comes at peak boredom. Yeah. I think you're just staring at someone's face and you're just like, I can't be friends with this guy anymore unless we get some sex workers in here. <laughs> well, Willie suddenly opened up and told Andy just what it was that he liked to do with him. Mm. And it wasn't like Willie was drunk. Like we said last episode, Willie was always sober. In mm. fact, the only thing he really drank, the hardest thing he drank, was 7-Up. Oh, well, that Ugh. is... <laughs> well, what's wrong with 7-Up? I like 7-Up. I don't... I don't... I. You know what? I came off the Sprite 7-Up train, mm-hmm. right? And I left it, and I went, bye-bye, catch, see you next stop. And then recently, I went to have a Sprite again, which I'm going to say is similar to 7-Up. Oh, yeah. And it's... Very sweet. Very sweet. Well, I think Sprite won the lemon lime soda game. There's no denying that. Sprite, <laughs> Sprite is the victor. Easily. Yeah. Easily. You guys uh, want to go get some hookers? Or? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Willie first pulled out all his tools of the trade. There was a pair of handcuffs under his mattress, a belt, and a piece of piano wire with handles on each end. Jeez. He then told Andy he picked up all his victims from the east side, plying them with money and free drugs. <clears throat> and Willie said once they were back at the apartment, he'd have sex with them from behind, bring their arms back slowly, handcuff them, and then strangle the women to death. He even gave Andy a demonstration. Well, this is what? This is what Andy said. He got on the bed and he motioned to me as if there was a woman lying there. Pretending to stroke her, her hair, and kind of motion him with his hand how he would grab her hand and bring it around her back, although there was no woman on the bed. But the power of his pantomime, <laughs> it was almost like she was there. And I have to say, I don't know if he went to a UCB uh-huh. or a second city, but his object work was impeccable. Powerful pantomime. Okay, interesting. Willie then told Andy he'd take the body out to the barn, hang it from a chain, bleed it, gut it, and feed the rest of the pigs. Hmm. Anything the pigs didn't eat was sent to the rendering plant. Now, Andy didn't tell a goddamn soul about any of this at first. But I, 
after the story, how do you react? Do you just go, ha <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Willie. Like, you just go, like, wow. Well, I think wow, you circle it back to the prostitutes. I think you'd be like, oh, where are we going to go? Do something? Or you got to get out of there. Oh, you know what? Instead of getting hookers, how about we go to a baseball game? Oh, and it's like, nice. I tell you what I really do to the baseball players. And we're like, no, no, no. Oh, my goodness. No, no, Willie. I can't be complicit anymore. Well, three days later, Willie realized that he kind of fucked up mm-hmm. and figured he'd better put a little bit of fear into Andy Bellwood. Now, Willie and Dave brought Andy over to Willie's office, accused him of stealing tools, and beat him within an inch of his life. Before Andy left, they made him clean up his own blood off the floor, and hmm. he never returned to the Picton farm. Well, did he steal any tools? <laughs> no. I he did know. not. Falsely he didn't know. accused. He absolutely God. didn't steal any tools. And you also know they do like a Judge Willie thing, like a Judge Judy thing every single time. You know there's pig court oh, where they have course. people out there, and he's got it. Like they have like pigs as the pig jurors bailiffs. and stuff. And them talking, <laughs> big bailiffs and all that shit. You know that honestly that they do that. They um, I honestly, though, there's, there's a part of me. Because of our, my Florida training, and I feel like that you maybe understand from Texas and Wisconsin, is that when you're kind of um, lower income d- moron, right? A part of the idea of this uh, of, uh, of this lifestyle is being badass means everything. Like people that that have this kind of idea of being evol- involved with a criminal organization and they think it's really fucking cool and mm-hmm. then what they're doing is really cool and then everything's totally legit that it, it that because th- that's what really what Andy was doing. Yeah. Andy was showing up and trying to be an insider, but he thought that it was just like a light inside job. He thought that he'd show up and that maybe they'd go get some sex workers and hang out <clears> and do <throat> a bunch of drugs and it'd be like fun criminal lifestyle. Oh yeah, until these- Willie unloaded on him, mm-hmm. and then he's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> yep, they got egos. These guys got egos. They are huge egos. Ego maniacs. These guys are they're just bullies. Yeah, you know, like that's a you know, bullies always did that shit where they'd blame something on you. That you know they know you didn't do it, mm-hmm. but they'd still say you did something to piss them off, and then they'd use that as an excuse to beat the shit out of you. That's it. Yeah, and Willie just got his rocks off telling him his story because that's really what it's about. It's like Willie's just really stupid. Well, I think that Willie wanted to show off his unbelievable pantomime skills. <laughs> well, that's different. It was it was a theater show for one. Yeah. Then do and then be in a box. Do an invisible Christmas tree. Oh. Show how you're putting ornaments on an invisible Christmas tree. That would be nice. That is nice. When you have a devastatingly poor family, you can do that with your children. <laughs> yes. And you can say Christmas yes. is real and it's like there's a tree here. Just use your imagination, kids. The government is hiding secrets. He's like screaming oh. at my, my broken family. Oh. Yes, daddy, yes. Now, at the same time that Andy was staying at the farm, another lost soul named Lynn Ellingson was staying there as well in, the spare, in a spare bedroom in Willie's house. Hmm. She'd been in the office when Andy was beaten, and it actually didn't seem to bother her all that much. She was just another person yeah. like, well, yeah, you know, that's the way things go out here on the Picton farm. Andy probably stole the tools, so they were right to beat him. Okay. There's a lot of people coming in and out of I this I know, that's what camp. I'm surprised about. How is it all happening? I just don't, uh, they're all complicit, they, obviously. Yeah, but the longer that Lynn stayed at the farm, the more she started to think something was wrong with Willie. Yeah. And since the incident with Sandra Ringwald, rumors have been flying around about how Willie was keeping arms and legs in the freezers. This was 99. 
The rumors are going around about arms and legs. and the, This is not a normal rumor. This is something <laughs> to be investigated. <laughs> but also 1999 is when Hit Me Baby One More Time by Britney Spears came out. <laughs> yeah, also penned song. by Donald Marshall. Oh, penned by my Donald God. Marshall, I don't think song Donald song Marshall wrote that. <laughs> it's true. And Britney Spears went insane because of how many murders her clone was forced to watch in Buckingham with Palace the, with Queen Elizabeth, which is why she shaved her head the way she, she did. <laughs> the media drove her nuts. We did that to Britney. Well, Lynn had even approached Dave about all these rumors one day, and for her troubles, she got taken in a Willie's trailer and was beaten. And Dave told her not to bring it up or talk to anyone about it ever again. Talk to someone about it immediately. Now, her suspicions grew even stronger after that, and in March of 1999, they were confirmed in the most horrifying way possible. Ooh. One night, Willie and Lynn were cruising New Westminster when Willie commented that he'd like to take a working girl back to the trailer for the night. The two pulled up to a woman and told her they just bought some crack, which they had. Okay. And they wanted to know if she wanted to head out to Willie's farm to party. Mm. When they got back to the trailer, Lynn and the woman smoked the crack while Willie watched. Now, eventually, Willie and the woman went to his room and Lynn went to hers where she went to smoke just a little bit more crack. Yeah. <laughs> as sure. you'll do. That, that yeah. is as you do. It's called a night crack. Okay. Night, it's called a, a night crack. A night crack. Okay. All right. Shopping for humans is hard, but shopping for your dog is easy. Thanks to Bark. Because dog can't give you its opinion. But every month we deliver dogs and treats just for your pup because they deserve to be spoiled. And then the dog shows you what they like. It's incredible. Only I could teach Wendy to use an iPad. She's so resistant. She scratches it up, barks at it, barks at me. But if she could use it, she'd order BarkBox for herself. At Bark, we send your dog a whole new collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. And for a limited time, we'll double your first box for free. How about that? Wendy loves her little toys. Carmi has become quite a terrorist when it comes to her toys. And she's a murderer. She rips these things up. But, you know, we got some high-quality Tough toys from BarkBox, and she absolutely loves them. And our family could not be happier. <laughs> and if you just want a slice of this joy, you got to go to BarkBox. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash left. That's right. You can sign up now at BarkBox.com slash L-E-F-T for this exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's go back to petting our dogs. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. Yeah. Very key. You gotta communicate clearly. All these emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. It's like you're Captain Kirk and Grammarly is Data, and you're kissing a lady on another planet. And Data is just trying to make sure you write better. Better writing means a stronger impact. And Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. And by understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. It did begin to understand when I was yelling and when I was doing bits versus me. Because I do use Grammarly, but it's nice. But I will also say Grammarly does will do the thing where it's like, um, I think maybe you missed a little comma. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, I know. Thank you, Grammarly. Like, thank I get it. Yes. But still, like, maybe we could just think about what I'm going through today, right? But Grammarly really does help. Because that's what we all need. A stern teacher with glasses and uh, little buckled shoes 
That's Grammarly to me. That's what I see. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Do you want to set your child up for success? Yeah. So they can do some work finally for once, right? You sit around. They're just playing with their blocks, with their iPads, not bringing any money into the house. What a sham. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework and you find yourself too dumb to help yourself? It's easy with IXL Learning. It's an online learning program. It's for kids. You'll end up learning stuff yourself because adults don't know anything anymore. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Honestly, I feel like a lot of children could benefit from IXL learning. I think a lot of adults could benefit from IXL learning because learning gets pumped right in your home. They don't have to go to an elementary school like Adam Sandler did and Billy Madison because that is not yet accepted by society. All right. So you make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And last podcast on the left, listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash left. Visit IXL.com slash L-E-F-T to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. It was then that she heard a noise coming from the barn. She walked outside and when she opened the doors, she saw legs dangling from the ceiling. Oof. She screamed Willie's name, so he walked over, grabbed her by the arm, and made her stand at the end of his slaughtering table. She was absolutely frozen. She yeah. said she kept her eyes down, but she saw as Willie tossed intestines and organs into a bucket. The table was covered in blood, hmm. and sitting in the middle was a clump of black hair. What we can infer from this, combined with what we know about the skulls found on Willie's property and the Jane Doe at the beginning, is that Willie most likely scalped the women before sawing them in half so mm. as to not get their hair caught in the blade. And that's the problem with switching from analog to machine. Is it just a saw? You don't have to do that, I don't think. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. But I also like how far Marcus went to infer this. <laughs> yes. As if he thought about it. He sat and he truly thought about it with the heads. Like Carolina's in the other room making dinner. <laughs> like like having a, she's having normal conversation right. and, and Marcus just sitting thinking about the hair on the table and he's like, he scalped it. Yes. I'm like, well, what was that? What was that, Marcus? I thought, so you scalped the tickets to see Bruce Springsteen? No, Carolina, no. I made the most wonderful discovery. Now, as Willie was pulling out more of the woman's insides, Willie told Lynn that if she said a word to anyone about this, she'd be right beside her. Mm. She told Willie not to worry, as all she wanted was her dope and booze. So Willie took her back to the trailer, gave her a hundred bucks for all the liquor and drugs she could stand, and sent her on her way in a cab. Lynn left, got plenty of both, and stayed wasted for days. I, I actually understand that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I completely a, understand that. I also think that it's, he found that $100 was like the most money you could give a single person. I guess so, yeah. That seemed to be his going rate of just like for anything. Is Like if you get one large pizza, here's $100. Like $100. It's very weird. Now, she said she never went back after that night in early March. But on both March 29th, just a couple weeks later, and May 30th of that year, 
Ambulances were called to Willie's farm because Lynn had overdosed in his trailer. And they were called by Willie. Okay. Now, Lynn was also getting payoffs from Willie. Now, this isn't to say that Lynn was a complete and total horrible person. She, like a lot of the other mm-hmm. women who came into contact with the Pictons, were absolutely terrified of him. Yeah. And their friends. Still, she took thousands of dollars from Willie over the next year or so. And that mm. is where Scott Chubb comes in. Scott Chubb. Scott Chubb. His <laughs> cock and, and, and Chubb coming out. Honestly, Chubb, it's, it's, a, it's a massive shame that he did not open a barbecue shack. Oh, because Chubb's yeah. Barbecue is an incredible name for a barbecue shack. Yeah, Frank Underwood would go there. It was very fun. <laughs> now, Chubb had been working for the Pictons for years. And one day, Willie offered him a job removing nails from plywood so the Pictons could resell it. <laughs> that is a very unique job. No, not really. You, uh, removing nails from plywood? Yeah, remove, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when a you, job? Yeah, when you uh, okay. b- demolish something, yeah, you go out, you got to remove all the nails, and then you can resell all the wood all at right. a discounted price, yes, but you can still resell all of it. There it is. Yeah, it's like stripping all the brass piping from a house. Mm-hmm. It's also very interesting to see how, how far they went to make money. Yeah. Like the fact that the business was making money, and it was like they were covering all single <clears throat> elements of like trashy money making that oh, they yeah. came. Like they were just get, grabbing shit. Yeah, I mean they were. Well, that's how, that's why they were so rich because I mean it was all piecemeal. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like a ton of small businesses that added up to you know millions of dollars. Okay. And it's cool if you're a good guy junk dealer. If <laughs> oh, you're a good guy junk dealer, I think that's cool as shit. Yeah. Like in between like having like a either a pawn store or like a, like one of those things. But something like this is very. It's just. God, they just did everything that was illegal. The, the problem with the Pictons is not their business acumen. No. It is the murder. No, It is, that, without a doubt, the murdering of dozens and dozens of people. <laughs> that is the worst part. Now, Chubb said while they were doing the job, Willie, out of the blue, offered him $1,000 to kill Lynn Elsington. Oh, jeez. All Chubb had to do, Willie said, was to inject her with window washer fluid, and nobody would know the difference between that and an OD. Chubb, of course, didn't do it, but it does beg the question, why couldn't Willie just do it himself? Right. Twice after the incident in the barn, one time just a couple weeks later, Willie called an ambulance to save Lynn's life when he could have easily just let her die. Right. Now, it could be that Willie didn't want to be involved in any official capacity with any death whatsoever. You know, even though everyone called Willie an idiot, mm-hmm. he was still smart enough to know the cops had put a tail on him the year before. I swear to God, I look out that back window, and that moose has a radio. <laughs> I know it. Yeah, I mean, Willie wasn't as dumb as everyone said he was. Yeah, he wasn't the smartest person, but he also wasn't as dumb as everyone said he was. Sort of a Kevin Spacey and usual suspects. I mm. honestly think that you know when you have a tail on you because you're being tailed by the cops and they're making it obvious. A part of what cops do, we saw with John Wayne Gacy, they just show up outside your house and they stare at you. A yeah. part of it is they're suppo- but a part of it they're supposed to be a deterrent to whatever activities that you're doing right. and then if you really fuck up then we'll be right here mm. and grab you but they're supposed to just be watching you and kind of building a whole thing on you and it's obvious I think Willie's also a career criminal like you have a whole set of other skills when you're a career criminal like with, it's like you're someone he's been doing this forever he was raised by a criminal family so a part of it you don't think that mama fucking picked in was like cops are bad like how many times they talk about like you don't ever be involved with anything you never you never call 911 unless you have to and then you just you disappear mm-hmm. and you let them clean it up and then you come back like it's shit like that maybe he did think about mama picked in the way that Jason Voorhees thinks about his mother 
Well, Jason Voorhees' mother seemed to be a good person. Uh, did you watch episode? Did you watch? What? Did you see the first Friday the 13th? Yeah. Yeah, what are you talking yeah. about? Marcus but that is was being, only he's after. being a revisionist. That, that was only after revisionist. she went crazy. Yeah, he's that being was a only revisionist. after she, she went crazy. She murdered, uh, what, eight children? Yeah, but okay. that was after okay. they were responsible for the death of his daughter. Technically, her kid couldn't swim. <laughs> I love Jason, but he sort of made he he died himself. They didn't drown. Him. He died himself. He died himself. But also, Marcus is doing the heritage, not hate version for horror films. Very <laughs> good. She was a good person before that. Okay. Now Willie picked as far as Lynn Elsington went. He could have even had some twisted sense of affection for her and couldn't bring himself to directly harm one of the women that he quote unquote helped. Because mm-hmm. those women that he helped, that's how he justified everything. You know, he could Ugh. kill these, you know, scum prostitutes, but just so long as he helped the quote unquote good women, sure. then he was still a good person right, in right. his eyes. Yeah. I mean, just kind of the same way that, you know, Ted Bundy would, you know, work at the suicide hotline. Yep. You know, they do these weird little things to justify their behavior. Mm-hmm. But either way. Also, you you let somebody in a certain amount, right? Where it's like now Lynn knows what it, who you really are. And I think there's a part of it of like not many people know every single thing there is to know about me. And so when somebody is there that does know and seems to not be fucking it up, like you're basically he's asking Chubb to murder her out of like a weird like I should probably do this as a criminal. I should probably murder her. But I don't know what to do because I technically she hasn't done shit. Like, trying to, like, flip yeah. me to the police. Mm-hmm. And it's like nice her. to have somebody completely on the inside. Because it gives you something. Look at H.H. Holmes. H.H. Holmes was very similar. Having, like, the guy, the people he'd bring the bodies to and all that kind of stuff. It's like, they start to know that he's got something up. And that that creates a system of support for you. For you. And, of course, H.H. Holmes had the friends with Minnie and Nanny. <laughs> yeah. I'm the one who's don't you fucking pimp me out. <laughs> that seemed like an, a pretty obvious pimp there. I don't know. What? Maybe uh, Detective, what? maybe maybe uh, Terry the Gnome was on the property, or Detective Popcorn was perhaps investigating. I wonder what Spring Heel Jack would think about all this. <laughs> well, either way, the fact that Willie offered Chubb money to kill her goes pretty far towards proving that Lynn's story about the barn is true. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, remember, she smoked a lot of crack that night. But I feel like crack could make your memory better. Yeah, I don't think that that's going to mess <laughs> Hyper, with this. Uh, you're talking yeah. about so she's, uh, like, hypersensitive to her surroundings? Yeah, maybe, maybe. But, you know, the Picton boys, they had other problems besides just Lynn Elsington. The Piggy Palace was in trouble. Oh, no. no. They need the little rascals to do a soapbox <laughs> derby. Soapbox derby. To raise the money. They need to get some money, yeah. Oh, and it's just a bunch of weird Hell's Angels and Canadian backwoodsmen dressed as little kids versus a bunch of real little kids. <laughs> oh, man. No, it wasn't that business was bad. It was better than ever. In fact, I got an email. Oh, oh you I did. I heard a rumor Uh-oh. that famed Canadian band Nickelback Whoa. played the Piggy Palace in their early days. Wow. And you know they're just sitting there just tapping their toes, just banging their head, just being like, these guys are going to make it. <laughs> Great band. Love Nickelback. You know what? I think these guys, they're going to ruin rock and roll music forever. Sure, forever. <laughs> I tell you what, you know what you should change your motto is? It's like, you give us a penny, we'll give you a Nickelback. There it <laughs> I think is. that's how you you change it and make that money there. I'm fun. I'm I'm Willie. I'm the weird one. <laughs> that is kind of fun. 
but it was the community at large that was sick of dealing with the constant stream of bikers and lowlifes. Mm. What? The- no I way. can't believe it. I know. Stunning. There's no way that they were sick of the gigantic raucous a pig farm with scream- screaming filled with drunk hell's angels and crackheads next to the rendering plant. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were just. I think Nickelback might have been the straw that broke the camel's back. As soon as they heard <laughs> that band, they're like, nice? no more. No more. Uh, the annual New Year's Eve party that they had at the Piggy Palace every year. And the New Year's Eve party, it was huge. Oh, sure. Everyone looked forward to the Piggy yeah. Palace New Year's Eve party. The New Year's Eve one was raided at the dawn of the millennium by oh. dozens of cops. And oh, afterward, the city of Coquitlam shut down the Good Times Society permanently. Oh. But the thing is. Even though the police were all gung-ho about raiding the Piggy Palace, they were still dragging their feet on Willie Pickton. Yeah, it yeah. seems they, like they, they busted the, the fucking Piggy Palace when you've got 49 missing women yes. in your city. Oh, no, we're focusing on noise complaints This, this for the past 20 years. We're doing no noise complaints. You know what's nice about the noise complaints is that you can hear where it is. Yeah. And you go... And you just stop the noise because the the noise noise is the crime. Yeah. Yeah. By the year 2000, the stories told by Bill Hiscox, Scott Chubb, and even... (laughs) (laughs) Chubb and Hiscox. We are lawyers. I don't know why they laugh every time. We we are lawyers. I got a law degree. We are lawyers. We are lawyers. We're fighting for justice. (laughs) I don't know. No, the stories told by them and even Lynn Elsington had made their way to police ears. Yeah. It would be another... Two years before police would close in on Willie. And even then... Just open the freezer. And even then, it would be damn near by accident. Oh, my God. But we'll get into all that and more on the conclusion to our series on Willie Picton. All right. Well, this is not a great episode for the cops. No. It is not a a great series for the police. My goodness gracious. It isn't. And we'll get into the next episode where, you know, there are some people that we got to give credit to that helped to catch Willie Picton. But you're not going to believe what it was that that finally got this guy caught. It is not right. Hopefully, as a society, we are uh, evolving when it comes to uh, treating people equally and with respect. And the Vancouver Police Department, we got to give them credit as well. Uh, After the Willie Picton incident, they did a major overhaul yeah. on how they treat sex workers in uh, the downtown east side. I would hope so. I think All that's right. great. That is really great, but maybe it's they like also swept out the members of the Virilia that were a part, <laughs> uh, deeply uh-huh. embedded in the higher echelons of the Vancouver police and the Canadian police because the problem is they're they're sitting on a cloning center, mm. or also known as the clone zone, the which clone is where zone. you show up, and it's true. Because you know what, what I'm really debating you having your internet shut off. <laughs> I am... I am <laughs> I'm really worried. I think we need What's, to move. We need to move you back to New York. Come we need on to, home, oh, buddy. Come on, um, come on have home. Have done a lot of reading, and it sounds like you guys are now a part of the problem. Uh-huh. And <laughs> I'm now the only sane one. We're the Illuminati. I'm, yes, I'm the only one plugged in uh-huh. to what's really going on, my friend. I think uh, it's more like since we live in New York, we don't live like 30 miles from all of our friends. Yeah. And we're able to like hang out and have social interaction with each so other we, a lot more. In Los I don't Angeles, need friends. Have, I have my stories. I have the truth. Uh-huh. <laughs> have you been sitting on your rooftop regularly at, at the night? This is, I actually like the a- alien stuff. Have you seen seen anything in the skies lately? Yeah, how's Mufon going? I have I have yet to note 
a sky disturbance. Uh-huh. I have yet to <laughs> okay. see. I have yet to do it. But I did just look. Uh, I'm getting the uh, the exam book to be an investigator soon because I have to pass the exam mm. in order to be able to shadow now, somebody. Does on a the real exam case. book uh, does the exam book come with crayons? <laughs> Or no, it, it does not. And is, this, is it like an open book test, or like do we you are have to hurt go, his feelings? Do you have Marcus. to go to a it's testing the, facility. Do you have to go to like a high school cafeteria. <laughs> and out of honor, out of honor, I will take the book and good. I will put it in the bedroom, and I will try to do it without. It's good. But on a serious, but the problem is, is that yeah. it's fucking a hundred bucks a pop to take the exam. Oh my god, Henry! I don't think you have Jesus. to. They're well, really picking you. Yeah. They're just giving you. You're just giving them a hundred. I mean, bucks. you know, you gotta you gotta hire a proctor. I guess yeah, so. You gotta print stuff. the paper off. I'm gonna have to bring a nun into this house. Maybe. I'm gonna have a nun here with the ruler walking around me, making sure I don't cheat on myself. Yes. Well, your state of California is currently battling a wildfire, so our, uh, we're thinking about everyone over there. Very yes. underreported, by the way. No one seems to care that California is burning. I'm, so, uh, oh, for no, all of our listeners like a, out there, hope like everyone's okay. It's kind of like all they care about is the stupid fucking NFL, and then yep. uh, like oh it's a, God, like, so, the entire oh, media yeah. has been owned by whatever advertisement companies that they've used that essentially they profit off well, the chaos yeah. of you'll the president notice, creates. You'll uh, the drumbeat to war. If you pick up uh, pick up on that Comic-Con, as a matter of fact, Northrop Grumman, well, this is an Able Against Top Hat story, but mm-hmm. nonetheless, you can start to see uh, they want us to go to war very soon. The they war do. profiteers are picking up their advertising game. It's all yeah. shit. Yep. Like, remember California, and do not forget about Puerto Rico. Things Puerto are Rico still needs help. awful Ooh, yes, it in does. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico That's needs it. a ton of help. We actually, well, we need to find out what the best charity is to give to. Uh, I, We'll post it on our Twitter, but like Puerto Rico is in dire straits right now. So any way you can help out, please do. All right. Let's see here. So we have to talk about we got on the 28th. We got L.A. We're going to be there. I cannot wait for that. Sold out show. But how do people get tickets if they haven't got them yet, Henry? So what we're going to do is if you are in the Los Angeles majority area, you're going to want to go and drop off clothes for part of our hashtag no new dudes clothing drive leading up to the October 28th show. You go to a, we have at the <clears throat> Bearded Lady Mission Museum uh, in Burbank. It's at the Bigfoot Lodge. Uh, also, I believe in Glendale. And it is at the Hyena Gallery in Burbank. You go, you drop off some of your clothes. You take a picture at the uh, donation box mm-hmm. and you post it on Instagram. Hashtag no new dudes. We're going to pick one random person and give you two tickets to see the show. And it's going to yep. be great. I'm really, really excited. And this show, remember, costume contest. Yep, that's and it. And it's going to be classy. It's a well. classy show. We're going to be classy and we're going to have a good time. It's going to be dancing. I mean, it's going to be a dance that you're going to watch performed to you. Yeah. There is a, there's something about a Zabrowski saying that an event is going to be classy, which makes it innately trashy. <laughs> no, it's going to be classy. Unlimited shrimp. It's going to be I classy. <laughs> I clean the stoop. That's it. And uh, let's see. What else do we got? We got the Patreon. Thank you all so much for donating to the Patreon. Yep. You really made this all possible. Hail yourselves. We love you so much. Thank you so much. If you want to give to our Patreon, uh, go to patreon.com slash last podcast on the left. Next week, uh, I hope to have, uh, I'm still setting it up right now, uh, but if it happens, then I'm going to be doing an interview next week uh, cool. with uh, a poss- possibly possibly do an interview with an actual survivor of Willie Picton. So, okay, awesome. And that's going to cool. be uh, that's going to be. Bon- 
bonus material uh, on our Patreon. I hope I'm setting it up right now, and I hope okay. I can get that out by next week. All right. And, and I also um, want to thank. She's already got a hold of us, and she's uh, sent us she, a lot of uh, information uh, that we got today. She mm-hmm. sent us some uh, wonderful um, reports uh, awesome. that she was quoted in. Um, and thank you so much for sending that, Susan. And also uh, thanks to new intern uh, Rachel, uh, who helped out a ton on this episode as well. Thank you so much. Very cool. Also, make sure you pick up our new shirt. We have an exclusive right. shirt. It's only available for another five days at, at represent.com slash hail yourself. Uh, pick it up if you can, uh, and it'll be a lot of fun to press it to your chest flesh. Yes, it's a it's a cozy shirt. It's very cozy. I was wearing it the other day. Um, and keep on supporting all the shows here on the last podcast network. Abe Lincoln's Top Hat for Everything Political. I listened to our last episode. It's very good. Good. I learn a lot. Oh. <laughs> I listen to the episode and I learn a lot. Um, rate and review that on iTunes. Let's keep on crushing. Uh, Wizard and the Bruiser, Sex and Other Human Activities. We have uh, we have the Spanish show coming out, which I cannot pronounce. Escuela Sangre. Escuela Sangre. Yeah. Escuela Sangre. Yeah, I think that's a, that's going to be coming out uh, this week, I believe. Awesome. And uh, yeah, so just check out all the shows on Last yeah. Podcast Network. And if you do have some time to rate and review them on iTunes, that's incredibly helpful. Thank you all so much. Uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Henry Loves You, at Marcus Parks, at Ben Kissel. That's follow it. us on Instagram at Dr. Fantasty, at Marcus Parks, at Ben Kissel, the number one. And follow yes. Last Podcast on the Left on all of the bullshits at LP on the Left. That's it. And I also have to say, October 20th, I was supposed to do a stand up show in uh, Cleveland, but there was an issue with the venue they were trying. Uh, so there was it all fell apart. No fault of my own, I might add. Good. Um, but nonetheless, I will be doing something in Ohio sometime soon. And then on Sunday, I'm in Bay Ridge. Uh, so come out for that. That'll cool. be fun. And don't forget to vote November 7th. It's November 7th? November 7th. Can I send it from L.A. or no? Yeah. To vote? Yeah. Absentee ballot. Absentee. We'll explain to you what that is later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. Very good. Oh, oh, all right, hail everyone. Satan. Hail yourselves, everyone. Hail gain. Hail me. Magustalation. Magustalations? Yes, Magustalations. Yeah, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers, 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One. Because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25.